Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Issues 2017. I'm Ted Woodward, and our guest today is Garland Edgerton, Executive Director of Wichita Interfaith Ministries. Welcome, Garland. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. Appreciate the opportunity to be here and visit with you today. I know you guys are busy all the time, but is, is Christmas even busier? Uh, this is a little bit of a hectic time okay. for us. This is Operation Holiday yeah, time, obviously. so uh, we are uh, getting uh, set up for that. Uh, the uh, distribution dates are the 14th, 15th, and 16th, so we are rather busy right now. Well, we'll delve into that as we go along today, but let, let's go ahead and get some background as we get started here on Interfaith Ministries. How long has has it been around in Wichita, and how did how did it get started? Interfaith Ministries is over a hundred and some years old. So it started off in the early days of Wichita with uh, ministers from different faiths coming okay. together. It has had different iterations over the years, uh, but currently we. Uh, focus on a mission of supporting low-income and homeless individuals in our community, bringing people of all beliefs together to support those in our community most in need. What was the impetus when things got started so long ago? Uh, Just the conversation, much as we need today to have a conversation between people of different thoughts and different ideas, it was that same process to bring people together for the benefit of the community of the early days of Wichita. And uh, so it was a great concept, and we hope to continue to carry it forward in the future. And, of course, we know the, uh, the mantra of the, the poor and the homeless are always with us, and it's not a problem that is ever alleviated completely. Those, those folks always need help. It is. You know, one of the things that struck me as I first came in and, and started working with IFM is that is at the core of all of our beliefs, no matter which religion, and even if we don't have a religious focus in our lives, most people have that tenet of helping those most in need, and that is what we try to do, is bring people together to provide that opportunity to support those. Does, uh, is there a problem of logistics? Do people come to you? Do you find them, or is it some kind of synergy there? Um, most people come to us. Okay. We work very closely with the Wichita HOT team, the homeless outreach mm-hmm. team with the police department. We work very closely with the hospitals, with the pro officers. Uh, with ComCare and mental health associations. So they'll contact us and bring people in to us, and then people find us on their own as well. Um, United Way has the 211 program for the phone numbers. So there's a lot of ways folks can contact us when they need help. You know, I've seen some of those some of those uh, homeless numbers over the years, and they said there's been a little bit of a dynamic shift away from just a single homeless person to sometimes whole families and even youngsters and teenagers, more of them are, are chronically homeless now. Unfortunately, that's quite true. Oh. Uh, what we see is more of the folks who are situational homeless. Okay. They're working. They have jobs. But something has happened. There's been a health issue. Something has occurred that has pushed them over the edge. If you look at the statistics uh, in our country, most families can take maybe one hit, 
But if you take that second financial hit, some of us can't even take you know the one hit, then that pushes them over the edge. So we see a lot of young families. Unfortunately, we're also seeing a lot of folks who uh, are senior citizens, the elderly, who are facing these type of crises. So that's kind of changing the dynamics of, of who we support and work with. And we're even seeing that with our Operation Holiday numbers. Um, the number of uh, families with kids is higher this year than what we've seen in the past. The- how well does Wichita deal with the homeless? Are we a community that's that is equipped well with if that, or are, in some ways I know there's efforts to get out ahead of that problem and to and to stop some of that before it happens, but or or is it always just playing? Uh, help and catch up in some you know we are very fortunate when wichita is a tremendous community of caring and giving and helping Mm -hmm. our own and helping folks here locally Uh, so we really work well and and there's a core group that try to coordinate the services so we're not overly duplicating services and we're getting folks the help that they need so we're really fortunate with the wichita and the way the folks kick in unfortunately that need is still there um you know we've had a real impact uh with all the focus in the past few years on veterans and, and really made a big impact there uh we're starting to see an emphasis on youth homelessness because you need to stop that and manage that early um our core you know the goal is always to try to stop folks before they get into our facilities. You know, we'd love to put ourselves out of business and, and have that stop. So the more we as a community can do to help people before they reach that crisis point, the better served we are as a community. And it saves us a boatload of money. Give us a little bit on the nuts and bolts of, of Interfaith Ministries. Do you have a board of directors? How does I, that work? I am very fortunate. I have a great board of directors. Okay. I have uh, 17 folks on our board, okay. uh, community business leaders, faith leaders. So uh, we have a lot of folks who really help guide us. And I'm fortunate they really help keep us focused on our strategic direction, mm-hmm. where we're going, what we need to be doing to be more impactful in the community. So uh, we're very fortunate with the board of directors we have. And then what kind of staff do you have there? We have five people in the uh, office. We have a a staff total of, I think it's 32 right now. Uh, Our facilities, our homeless shelters, are staffed 24-7, 365. So a lot of that staff are the house managers. um, And then during this time of year when the emergency winter shelters are open, we also have additional staff supporting the the men's and women's emergency shelters. So it's a little higher right now because of the part-time folks at those shelters. How many shelters do you have? We have Interfaith Inn, which is a year-round shelter for uh, short-term stay, people who are newly facing homelessness. Our goal is to help people transition from there into some type of permanent supportive housing within a month to two months. Uh, We run Safe Haven, which is a facility for folks with chronic and severe persistent mental health issues. That's a little longer stay uh, facility. We run the men's and women's emergency winter shelters. Those are only open from November through March, the worst time of the year when we need to provide a place for people to be uh, safe. Then uh, we also have low-income apartments that we uh, run, and that's kind of a separate program. We're trying to provide housing for uh, low-income individuals and families. As far as the the numbers of people you see coming into your shelters, is it about the same or more or less or— we're full. Yeah. Uh, and okay. the unfortunate fact is that the Interfaith Inn can uh, support 52 people. It's full all the time. Um, the emergency winter shelters, we're running in the 80 to 100 men and 15 to 20 women uh, almost every night right now. And obviously with the code snap that we're experiencing right now, we're seeing those numbers increase. 
You mentioned the Interfaith Inn. Where is that located? That's on the corner of Central and Broadway, yeah. uh, right next to the Lord's Diner. Mm-hmm. So uh, in... Let's talk about your area of responsibility. Is it just Wichita, or does it expand even further? No, we support the Wichita area. Okay. So through our programs and through Operation Holiday and all the different programs we're involved in, we're all core right here in, in Wichita, Sedgwick County area. You mentioned all those different programs. Mm-hmm. Is there a number on how many lives and people you touch every year? Uh, through, um, through Operation Holiday, which mm-hmm. is the largest program, uh, we'll support over 13,000. Our numbers look wow. like they're going to be about the same as last year. Uh, we're projecting right about 13,500 people will support through Operation Holiday this year. Through our shelters and other programs, it's about 1,000 people uh, that we uh, support. And, and our goal is obviously to transition those folks into housing. Uh, we're very fortunate uh, at the end right now. I believe since uh, July, when our fiscal year um, started, we've moved about 100 people uh, from homelessness into housing. And and so that's really what our goal is, is to uh, try to move people as quickly as we can into some type of a housing. And I assume that uh, when, uh, what are some of those avenues that they can find for housing making that transition? There are programs with the community and state and federal funding mm-hmm. programs that help. So it really depends on the individual. As I said, a lot of these folks have work, so they just need that assistance in getting into some type of a program, that that relief from um, whatever the crisis may be that they're facing. So uh, we're fortunate, like I said, there's lots of programs available for folks. We could always use more funding for those type of programs, but uh, they are out there. And sometimes, uh, sometimes we don't think of that dynamic of somebody that has a job and then they have the stress of not having a place to live when, when they get off work. That is, that is torturing. It is a challenge. Yeah. Uh, and most of these folks are working low income, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I mean, uh, low wage jobs. Um, sometimes they're working two or three jobs on a part-time yeah. basis based upon you know, what work they're uh, able to do and where they can find work. Uh, so, but we see that a lot. Uh, it's the working, you know, you see the term working poor. It is mm-hmm. those folks who can't handle that one or two-time crisis that we, we, we see happens. All right, we have mentioned Operation Holiday, but uh, let's flesh it out a little bit. A very important annual event that Interfaith Ministries does every year. Let's, uh, let's delve into and break down Operation Holiday. Operation Holiday is an event in which um, we work to provide food, mm-hmm. clothing, particular uh, or especially uh, winter coats, hats, scarves, and gloves for men, women, and children. Uh, we're very fortunate to work with the Marine Corps Reserves for Toys for Tot. Uh, we have some uh, Christmas tree farms who provide trees, but the goal is to provide food and basic needs for those in our community who are most in need. There are income requirements, so uh, we're very careful to make certain that the folks that we're supporting meet those requirements. Uh, there are other programs in the community that provide these. We share our information with them to make certain that each family is able to get the support they need and they're not double dipping, you know, mm-hmm. we're not serving uh, multiple uh, families or families multiple times. So uh, it's a tremendous program. It's one of the most rewarding things that I've ever been engaged in. And uh, it's a great help for our community with the folks who need it this time of year. How long has Operation Holiday been around? A uh, good question. I know it's been going on for over 40 some yeah, years, but I don't know specifically uh, how long, but it's been going on for a long time. Um, it, how does how does how do you go about getting the community to help out with this effort? 
You know, as I said earlier, we're really blessed with how engaged uh, the community is. Uh, there are Operation Holiday boxes in stores and different places all over town. Uh, there are drop boxes at the Dillon's grocery stores. They've been very supportive of us through the years. Um, places like the zoo and, and uh Different places like okay. that have the boxes, so there's lots of places. They can also drop off items at our distribution center. We're very fortunate to be in the old Sears location at Town West. They're on the west side yeah. of Town West. Um, that facility is open from 8 until 6, Monday through Friday, and 8 to 4 on Saturday, so items can be dropped off there as well. Do they, the, the boxes, the, the drop-off boxes have a unique look to them? Uh, yeah, it's a white box with okay. uh, a green uh, Operation Holiday logo on it. All right. It. So yep, they're easy, easy to spot. To what are the items that you would love to see those boxes filled with? What what can people <clears throat> donate? Right now, our biggest need is non-perishable goods, okay. canned goods. We are really running low, unfortunately, this year on uh, canned goods. We always need the blankets and the right. the coats and the scarves and, and those items, but the non-perishable canned goods, especially protein items, canned meats, peanut butter, things of that nature, we have a real need for. The other area we're always short in, and having been a father of two teenagers, I understand that the teen-to-teen program for okay. those young people who are in that kind of 14 to 16, 17 age, we're always short on items, especially for young women. So okay. uh, if anyone has any good ideas for young women for gifts, we really need those items this year. Why are the uh, food items in lower supply this year? Is that just, good question. Is that just a dynamic uh, of the way uh, p- something Part of it. Part of it is um, you see this happening uh, not with just our organization but others. You know, our nation's faced a lot. Uh, we've had the hurricanes. Mm-hmm. We've had the fires. Yeah. We have all been asked to give, and we have all given a lot. And so you kind of see that catching up perhaps a little bit with us. Um, it's been very warm. Uh, the cold snap tends to put us all in a holiday mood. I know I was feeling a little more uh, uh, that way the last couple of days. So, uh, And we'll see that pick up now that we're in December and we're getting closer to you know the Christmas and, and the other holidays. We'll see that pick up. But um, it's, just, it's, it's just a little lower this year. Okay. You're listening to Issues 2017 on the Intercom radio stations, and our guest is Garland Edgerton, Executive Director of Wichita Interfaith Ministries. I know you couldn't do anything without your volunteers and as so many organizations in Wichita do they function with so much uh, time and and desire from people who are giving back to you to help others and I know your volunteers are a big part of that Operation Holiday in and of itself takes over 2,000 volunteers oh my to put that program together wow so um, you know we need people to set up the tables to count the food we you know so we know how much we can distribute we have so we know how much to distribute uh we need people who escort uh, the folks who are coming through the program that's a very rewarding thing to mm-hmm. do on that thursday friday and saturday uh after operation holidays over we've got to clean out that place and pick up so yes there's lots of volunteer opportunities especially this time of year with this program we also have uh, volunteers who come in and prepare the meals at our emergency winter shelter and that's very helpful that takes load off of the staff when people can come in and serve those meals for us so lots of opportunities yeah well you mentioned uh what what is the culmination of operation holiday then and how does it how does it wrap up uh, so it's the Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, December 14th, 15th, and 16th. Okay. Those are the distribution days. Right. So uh, that's when the folks will come in. Um, those folks have already filled out their application mm-hmm. forms. We're setting them up in the database. Being an old IT guy, I, we structure <laughs> yeah. all that and have all that mapped out. And uh, then uh, they're scheduled to come in, and uh, that's when it happens. 
Obviously, we focus on Operation Holiday this time of year, but I know you have a number of events that go on throughout the year. One of them is the Super Bowl, S-O-U-P-E-R, Super yep. Bowl. Tell, tell me about that one. Uh, obviously, a little bit of a play on words. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, the week before the real Super Bowl. Uh, it's it's a fundraising for us. It's a lot of fun. Um Basically, um, you can buy a bowl of soup and support Interfaith Ministries um, during that time period. Uh, we're already starting to put that program together, okay. and we'll start uh, marketing it and getting uh, information out to the community um, right after the first of the year. So that, As uh, yeah. people start paying attention to the playoffs and the end of the year with football, and it's a lot of fun. It's a, it's a great program. We have people who donate the bowls, that, so when you get your ticket, you get a bowl that, uh that's custom made. We have uh, some drawings and things. Very uh, nice. We have a shocker statue that's being uh, uh, carved, wood carved this year and donated. So it's a lot of fun. It's a great program. We have the church ladies who bring in desserts. Okay. So lots of opportunities there. Fantastic. That's Super Bowl. What about the, what's Final Friday? Final Friday, we do that once a quarter, and okay. we don't do it in the fourth quarter right. just because we have so much going on. Um, what we try to do is provide an opportunity for different groups to come in and display their art, uh, show off our facilities okay. a little bit. It's a fun program. Uh, we'll do it done once a quarter. Uh, so different church groups or different uh, organizations will come in and display their art. We're talking about Interfaith Ministries this morning in Wichita. Tell us about your humanitarian awards. The humanitarian award is a way for us as an organization and the community to recognize those in our community who have really given back, who have made an impact in some way or another. I was talking earlier about how blessed we are. Our hardest thing with the humanitarian award is figuring out who to give the award to. What a great so problem we to have. have. Yeah. <laughs> it is a great problem to have. So we have five different awards uh, based upon faith-based groups, uh, youth groups, individuals who have really contributed and made an impact in our community. It's a nice dinner. Uh, we have lots of fun with it with wine pulls and things of that mm-hmm. nature, uh, auctions. And, but uh, the, the, the goal there is to recognize uh, individuals and organizations that have really impacted our community. When does that take place? Uh, that will be, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this year, I believe that will be in September. Okay. So I don't think we've event. said the date right. yet. It's okay. a fall event, right. and uh, my team will harass me for not knowing <laughs> the exact date, but I'm sorry, I don't know that off the top of my head. We saw something on your webpage called Building a Better Community. Mm-hmm. Well, how does that, what is that? It is a program that we try to put together to help folks of um, our community come together to address specific issues. Okay. The most recent event we did in conjunction with the folks out at Wichita State, and we had people who came in and talked about um, mass violence okay. and bullying in our schools, things of that nature that impact all of us and often impacts those with lower income and face other challenge mental health issues significantly. So there's different programs. This spring we will be doing a Bridges Out of Poverty program to help those of us who have never experienced poverty understand the issues and the challenges faced by someone who is dealing with the crisis of homelessness and the crisis of 
you know, do I pay the doctor bill? Do I pay the utility bill? Or do I put gas in the car so I can go to work? So we'll be putting that program together. It's just a way to bring people of the community together to engage in that conversation and help move the discussion and move our commitment to our community forward. We're talking with the executive director of Wichita Interfaith Ministries, Garland Edgerton. How is Interfaith Ministries funded? How does that process work? Most of our funding comes from individuals, churches. Okay. Uh, we have some of our funding through different foundations and, and grant programs. For our case management support, the individuals who are actually working with individuals and trying to help them transition through uh, the crises that they're facing. We do receive government funding for that through uh, HUD and various other programs. So most of it is just through individuals, really? church, mm-hmm. faith-based groups, uh, foundations, people who uh, understand the need in our community and are invested in helping those most in need. Do you encourage uh, gift giving from people to give through their church, or just even can they approach you with a gift if they would like? Oh, to, to be so? honest, we'll be happy to <laughs> accept a gift, however it comes in. Uh, so they can donate through uh, our website, uh, Interfaith Ministries Wichita dot org, uh, through our Facebook page. Uh, churches do programs for mm-hmm. us, so there's lots of different ways to to donate and support us. If people would like to volunteer, we we talked about volunteers earlier, how may they uh, go about that process? Just call our main office, 264-9303, and uh, we have volunteer coordinators. During Operation Holiday, a gentleman named Alex uh, is working with us this year. We're very fortunate, so he coordinates that because we have 2,000-plus volunteers. That's a full-time job. Yeah. Um, So we're fortunate to have Alex working with us this year. During the rest of the year, we have other folks on staff who will – provide the opportunities for volunteers. Are you ever to a shortage of volunteers, or do you find that people are, are willing to, to be there and help out? Or a little we bit are, of both? <laughs> it's a little of both, okay. most of the time, right. but there's always, you know, the one-off situation. Right now, uh, to be honest, we're t- looking for uh, volunteers, and this is usually faith-based groups or civic organizations, to provide meals at the emergency winter shelter. Uh, we have a lot of openings in January, so if anyone would like to uh, come in and provide an evening meal for uh, 80 to 100 individuals, give us a call. We'd All be right. glad to have that uh, discussion. But we're very fortunate, once again. Uh, we really have uh, a community that gives and invests, and so most of the time um, we're uh, in good shape with the volunteer. Uh, Operation Holiday, everybody wants to be involved in the front right. end of it. We always need help once it's over cleaning the facility wow. up. So that week after uh, Operation Holiday, we could always use a few extra volunteers during that time as well. Gotcha. This is Garland Edgerton with us today, Executive Director of Wichita Interfaith Ministries. Garland, how did you become involved in Interfaith Ministries? I would like to say it was a well-planned, uh, <laughs> well-thought-out opportunity Um, I had thought I was going to be retiring, had come out of the uh, IT world where I spent most of my career. I was approached by a business associate I knew who was on the board Mm -hmm. of Interfaith if I would be interested in stepping in on an interim basis. I thought, oh, interim, I can do that. That'll be all right. I can do that for a while. And um, I was standing outside the uh, inn one day looking at the elevator trying to fix a problem. A mother with two children walked up and asked if we had a place to stay. She started telling me her story. I won't go into the details of it, but she was, had been a working mom, had had two jobs, had lost both of them mm. due to the issues. They came in. Our staff was able to get her into the inn, get her into housing. That hit home. That was the moment that, you know, there are things that spark yeah. something in us that says, hey, 
this is something I should pay attention to. So shortly after that, I got a hold of the board and said, um, put my hat in the ring for full-time, and I already had a leg up because I'd been doing it for a while, so I was very blessed to have that opportunity. And um, as I uh, will tell anyone who asked, uh, my retirement career is the most rewarding thing I've ever done. Well, and, and I think you just touched on the very basis of what makes that all work is that human-to-human contact and helping a fellow fellow, uh, fellow human being and yep. citizen of Wichita that needs help, and, and we're all there to try to get that accomplished. Yep. You, you see someone who wants to take the steps, wants to do the work necessary to move forward. They just need that little bit of help, and that's what we do. Any exciting plans for Interfaith Ministries coming up? Uh, we would love to put ourselves out of business, to be blunt yeah. about it, but that's not going to happen. So uh, we'll continue to do our work. Uh, we're fortunate to be in a community, as I've said many times, that supports us, and uh, so we'll keep uh, doing the best that we can. Garland, thanks for coming in. Thank you very much for having us. Our really guest today, it. Garland Edgerton, Executive Director of Wichita Interfaith Ministries. That's all for this edition of Issues 2017. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. I'm Ted Woodward. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.